This is episode 63 of the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I'm Carly Cade, and today I'm talking with F. W. Ryder. F. W. Ryder was born in Westminster, London, and fell in love with horses and stories almost immediately. A fiery redhead with interests to match, Ryder spent 14 years as a firefighter in London and seven years as a magazine and newspaper features writer before finally pursuing her love of storytelling as a romance novelist. Now the loving owner of five horses, four dogs, and a cat, Ryder lives in Essex with her two daughters, an unpaid proofreader, otherwise known as her husband. When she's not reading or writing, Ryder can be found enjoying some retail therapy, a cheeky cocktail or two, or spending time in the USA, her favorite place besides London and Essex. Now, let's get into the interview. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews with equestrian authors who love all things horses and writing about them. In each episode, you'll hear inspirational stories from horsebook authors, including writing advice and marketing tips to help you write your very own horsebook. If you're an author, aspire to be an author, or simply love horse books, then you are in the right place. I'm your host, Carly Cade, and creative writing makes my spurs jingle. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I'm Carly Cade, and today I'm so excited to have fellow equestrian romance writer, F.W. Ryder on the show with me today. That is her pen name, so you will hear me call her Jennifer during the interview. So, Jennifer, welcome. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Thank you for having me. This is huge. I'm so excited. (laughs) I am honored. Jennifer just let me know that this is her first podcast interview. Fingers crossed this is a great experience. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Jennifer, you listen to my show, and you know that my first question is always... How did your love affair with horses begin? It was many, many years ago. Too, too many years I would like to admit to. I think I was maybe about five or six. Uh, and my, we used to stay with my nan quite a lot in London. And out of her window, we could see the city farm. Hmm. Uh, and I just dreamed of it, dreamed of it every day. And then one day she took me uh, for a ride on a donkey called Jacko. <laughs> I remember very well. And then I had another little ride on a pony, a chestnut pony, actually, which I think got me onto my chestnut obsession uh, on a chestnut pony called Libby. And that was it. That was it. Forevermore, I was obsessed. And then despite my parents telling me that I could only have one lesson, it carried on and on and on and on. (laughs) That is such a familiar story. I mean, basically... So many of us come out of the womb just with this this desire to be with horses. And you have a pretty cool furry family. Can you tell us about your fur babies? Oh, Christ, I have, I have so many. I have so many. I have too many. We've got five horses. I'm actually, I'm quite lucky because my husband loves them as well. So he's, he's kind of been the, the force with this. We have five horses. We have my big guy, Jack, who I got when I was about 21. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had him for 13, 14 years now. Uh, and then we've got three youngsters, uh, Danny, Steve and Hattie, uh, and a little pony called Rambo, who my daughter's ride. And then we've got four dogs. We've got two Dalmatians and two kind of mongrels, Hogan, Harper, Bo and Cash. And then we have a cat, Dave, who just terrorises the street. 
<laughs> you do have a, a big herd yeah. there. And then what is your uh, breed of breed of choice in your discipline with, with your, your horses? You know what? We've got a real mixed bunch. Mm. Uh, and my big guy, Jack, he's Clydesdale Cross Dutch Warmblood. Oh, he's one. never really, yeah, he's, he's a big guy, he's a big chunky guy, but we've only really ever had, to be honest. I've never had access to transport to take us out to competitions, mm. but my youngsters, I have uh, two of them are, are warm bloods and we mm. hope to go out. I would like to do eventing with them. That is, that's what I've got my fingers crossed for. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Eventing is, is fun. Lots of training and conditioning that goes in, into that. <laughs> Usually, but it's this, what I love watching the most and I've, I'm, I'm, chomping at the bit pardon the fun to get out there <laughs> absolutely well that will be a fun adventure for your readers to follow as you as you take on the sport of eventing uh hopefully and, hopefully yeah and it, well i'm sure that's going to inspire a lot of your writing too just getting into into that event and i'm sure stories are going to bubble up all over in your oh massively mind. yeah they're, they're already creeping into my stories the youngsters <laughs> and their quirky little their quirky ways <laughs> I feel the same way. My horses inspire lines in my stories all the time. I love that you have this love of horses. And I, and I thought it was so interesting as I was galloping around your website that you were a firefighter for 14 years in London uh, and recently left that career to pursue your love of writing. Talk to yeah. us about that transition. What made you say, I'm all in. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to write my books and, and stop fighting fires. <laughs> You know what? In all honesty, I was kind of unhappy in my job. Mm. Uh, and it's as great as it was that it's a, a paid wage every month and the security. It was it was more about just kind of what was making me happy and writing absolutely makes me happy. Mm -hmm. It was it was a fantastic job for 14 years. You know, there's things that I never would have seen had I not been in that career. I'm sure stories can bubble up from from that as Huge, well. Hugely, hugely. And I met my husband there, so that's always a plus. <laughs> oh, lovely. Oh, that's that's right. Your your husband is also a firefighter. Yeah. I, I love that you shared a career, but you also share a passion for your animals. And, you know, having a supportive spouse is, is so special. and Makes uh, all the difference, yeah. Really, it, really does. It is. And good on you for recognizing and taking a look at what makes you happy. Because so many... People can suffer for years and years and years not exploring happiness. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, we only live for so long, so it's so important to make sure that you have you have something that supports your well-being in your mind and your soul as you move I forward. Think, yeah, it do you know what? It takes a while. For a long time, I think I you kind of trudge on. Um, I had some complications after having my two daughters, uh, and it's just it's just it's difficult to leave. I think sometimes you can become institutionalized into that particular career mm -hmm. and it was frightening it was petrifying the thought of leaving and then I took the leap and again I was so scared but it's like you said having the supportive partner made such a difference because he was right there behind me every step of the way they say happy wife happy life right and that's I tell him that a lot you know I tell him <laughs> that an awful lot <laughs> I think you did this in a smart way too rather than just leaving your career and saying I'm going to write books you did something to, to balance the scale. So you had additional income while you were taking on this project of books you write for an equestrian clo clothing company. Can you talk to I us do. a little bit about that partnership? Yeah, yeah, hugely. So I'm wearing a jumper right now. Falling off. <laughs> I've actually been involved with them for, I would say, nearly two years now um, since their brand started. 
and because the owner of the company she used to be a police officer so we had kind of a real connection there chatting about our, our time in the emergency services uh, and then when it came to me leaving we would we would chat in and talk in and I said oh, I'm gonna do a little bit of extra work on the side while I try and get my writing career going and she said oh, I might have a job for you <laughs> and it literally blossomed from there uh, and then we've been working together since January and it's fantastic really really that's, is great that's magic right it's almost like yeah. you put something out into the universe and you say this will make me happy but I need a little support over here and then all of a sudden if you're open for it she you know she popped in and she's like I have the perfect thing for you so t tell us about the brand and a little bit about what you're what you're doing and, and this is actually great too because you're flexing your writing muscles albeit in a different absolutely realm. yeah you're Absolutely. still writing, which is the more you write, the more, the more you strengthen that skill. So talk to us a little bit about the clothing company and then what you do for them. Uh, so it's called Vivendi Apparel. Uh, they're a, an equestrian and fitness uh, clothing company. So they have kind of your base layers and your leggings, but they predominantly work in compression wear. So it helps and supports your muscles, your joints, increases your blood flow. They help people with spinal injuries, that sort of stuff. So I do their content management. I do their social media, um, their email marketing, I write their blogs. And the, the beauty of it is, is that not only do I get to write a question romance on my days off, I get to write about horses too mm -hmm. on my day job. So it's just, it's perfect all round. It's perfect all round. It it's, really a, it's a perfect fit. And I'm, I'm so happy for you that that yeah. worked out that way. As you know, on social media, you have to be so engaged mm -hmm. and you're constantly talking with your followers and, you know, people that comment and message and stuff. And so the sheer fact that I'm doing that for a clothing company who is predominantly equestrian and I'm just talking to other horsey women all day long. <laughs> all we do is talk about horses and horse riding clothes. It's fantastic. <laughs> it makes the job a lot more fun and a lot easier because you're you're working with what you know and that's oh that's exactly so yeah totally so this is a perfect opportunity to kind of get into your books and your writing career so you write equestrian romance for adults like like I do which was which made me so excited when we connected to have you on the show to talk about this what does equestrian romance mean to you and, and why did you choose this particular genre I think because equestrianism is so much a part of, of my life it's, it's my lifestyle mm -hmm. I can't go a day without being around horses so to write to write a romantic story that doesn't involve horses of some sort is it feels totally alien to my life so to write around horses it's, it's just what I know it's mm -hmm. totally what I know I mean don't get me wrong I've never had an illustrious love affair with my farrier but he would find that quite funny, to be fair. I don't know about you. I do some of my, my biggest life decisions I make while I am grooming my horse or I'm mucking out the stable. And so it was easy for me to write that as part of my character. You know, when things click, when you suddenly, when she, like, she suddenly realizes something or uh, a big life occurrence happens in the stables, it's because it's so familiar to me. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just had to go that way. I had to go that route. Tell us about your first book. And uh, hold it up there. I know you've got a copy with you right there. I have. I'm so pleased to have it in my hands. <laughs> best it never gets old, does it? It never gets no. old. So it's called Soaked Hay and Farrier Smoke. It's a novella. It's my, it's my debut. My debut. Um, it's about a girl called Jen, who is not me, I might add. 
Yeah, I, I could not think of a name for the main character. And so I just <laughs> chucked my one in there. And then by the time I got to the end of the book, I was like, well, that's kind of her name now. It's stuck. <laughs> so it stayed like that. It's about a girl called Jen and her farrier, Eddie. Eddie, I kind of based on a Henry Cavill-esque type man, because he's one of my favourites. Uh, she's a writer, a bit like me, but she wants her big break in journalism in the newspapers. And she gets taken on to do a big story, but kind of finds Eddie is connected. And she she falls in love with him, even though she doesn't want to admit it. And she wants her big break in the newspapers. So she gets this story. She gets a big. She gets her big break in the. I say local paper, but I I try and kind of make it a bit more involved than that. Uh, and then she finds out that Eddie's a little bit more connected than perhaps she first had an inkling. And it goes on from there, really. And the, there's a companion. It, it out also to the the first book. Do you want to talk a little there bit is, about yeah. that one? Yeah. So the second and final installment is Soaked in Stable Mirrors. That is out now, um, and I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited. And so these two novellas are kind of like your the introduction to who you are as an author and kind of kickstarting where you're going to go yeah. next. Is that right? They are indeed. Yeah. I wanted I wanted to put kind of snippets, especially very much so in the second book. I wanted to put snippets that lead on to different series. Mm-hmm. So you will find a lady called Alice who will be, her story will be, uh, I suppose, opened up and and discussed at further detail in another series that I have planned. And the Red Mare, I will call her, the Red Mare gets developed further. Oh, that's cool. So, and I love this because you, you're really thinking it through because when I was on your website, taking it, you know, like I said, a gallop around to develop the interview questions, I saw that you, you are committed to this series because you've got the, the covers design. They're all up there. Yeah. I think there's like five or six already and you're saying they're coming soon. Uh, yeah. And so you're ready. So are you, are you planning on writing them all first and then releasing the series or what 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 is your thinking around around? I'm definitely going to write first and then release it um I didn't do that this time around Mm -hmm. and I found it quite stressful Mm. although I work really well under pressure I think Mm -hmm. I would prefer to write it all out have the story one big hole in front of me and then really go for it and then I can do like a rapid release Mm -hmm. and I would much prefer that yeah, that's actually a really smart strategy. A lot of a lot of people do that with their series is they they have it, you know, they have they know where they're going, they write the stories and then they release the series all at once, sort of like yeah. so people can binge read because it's sort of like uh, you know, Netflix releasing yeah, the entire yeah, series yeah. the entire season of a of a show. Yeah. So readers don't have to wait, but they have a nice taste of who you are with the novellas you've released. Yeah, into your series, so you give them give them a taste, and then now they don't have to wait. Once you put all the books out, they're they're there, and then you can continue to add to the series. But people can go from one to the next to the next without having to wait. That's actually a smart strategy. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think, to be honest, it was too long between them. So the first one came out middle of September, mm-hmm. and then obviously this one first of December. I thought in my head, I thought that's that's not not that long really but the amount of people that I had saying that it's, it's, it's kind of too long we want it now and I'm like, oh, so sorry <laughs> it, it, and it, it is funny readers are like that they want the next thing they're like when's it coming when's it coming when's it coming so yeah that, that strategy alleviates a little bit of the stress if if I mean 
some authors are like so chomping at the bit to get the books out that they don't have the patience to wait to have a whole series ready to go. So do you, do you have, do you find that is a little bit in the background where you're like, Oh, I just, I wrote it. I want to get it out or. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. But I think I've got the, the, the previous experience of having people almost shouting at you to get the second one to them. So I'm like, I, do you know what? I know that. I'm just going to avoid that this time and just go straight to do it. I want to, I want to write it all and do the rapid release perhaps every two weeks. Mm-hmm. So they still have to wait a little bit. Lesson learned, right? You took the feedback Absolutely, that you got from readers yeah. and applied it to what you're going to do with your book series. Yeah, definitely. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, I know it's a surprise and it's in development, but talk to us a little bit about what your book series is, is going to entail the, the, the next part of your writing journey. So the one that I would say delves into Alice a little bit more, you only literally meet her in the second book for perhaps one page. She's on a, a distant phone call, mm-hmm. but I'm going to dive into her story. It's kind of a a runaway to a ranch, kind of romancing on the ranch type, ranch type thing. Ooh, that's uh, right up my yeah. alley. <laughs> yeah. You've already done a lot of the hard, heavy lifting by determining the titles and the direction you want to take the story. So this is going to be a fun yeah. adventure to follow with you. Yeah. And, I, and I wanted to mention, you write under the pen name F.W. Ryder, R-I-D-E-R. Talk to us about where that pen name came from in, in your decision to write under F.W. Ryder. It literally came from my Instagram handle. I've been the Fairweather Rider on Instagram for seven years, maybe. I was kind of like, people don't know me as, as Jennifer Hyde. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't know me as that, but people do know me on Instagram as FW Rider. And I have a platform there already. So mm-hmm. I just went with it. I just went with it. It's so interesting, isn't it? That often, you know, when, when you're talking with people online, you know them by their handles like you know their face and you know their handle but yeah, oftentimes yeah. until you actually like meet them or interact with them you don't really know what their their yeah. name is <laughs> so you've already established a brand and you carried that over to your books which was which is a smart move and then let's talk about steam level how do you determine <laughs> the steam level that you include in your equestrian romance because there's different different levels of steam you know there's absolutely the, yeah definitely. closed door steam there's the I'm going to discover a little bit steam and leave a lot up to your imagination. Yeah. You, you, you go more full steam, but not I am, crazy I am full steam. Talk, talk to us about steam. <laughs> so I read at the level that I write. So it's kind of very natural to me to get to that level of steam, shall we say. <laughs> um, sometimes I do go off on a tangent. If I'm really, I don't know about you, I really get into a scene mm-hmm. and like smoke's coming off the fingers. I'm going for it. I'm really going for it, writing a scene. And then I may read through it and gloss through it again. And if there's something I don't like, I'll whip it out. Mm-hmm. I just kind of really, I probably write for me, which I don't know if that's a good idea or not. But if, if I would be okay reading it, I write it. If I don't like it, it goes out. That's it. It's, it's kind of as simple as that, really. In writing to the level you're comfortable with reading, you will attract yeah. other. You will attract readers that are at that same level. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I'm. I'm always very much of the, of the thinking that if someone doesn't like it, they're just not my audience. And you're really smart because in your uh, introduction, before people even start reading the book, you do mention that you know this does include steam. And if you're not yeah. comfortable with this, that that may, may not be the right fit. And you actually had a situation where 
there's horse girls everywhere, right? You're writing for adults. Yeah. You actually had someone reach out to you and say, is this appropriate for a young young woman? And, and you had to respond to that. So yeah. talk to us a little bit about... Yeah, I've, I've, I've actually had a, a couple of times I've had that. I've had someone say, I want to buy this for my daughter. I, like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> She's a young teenager. We should just read, definitely read someone else. Um, and then I had someone else who thought it was kind of um, a pony adventure type story who said, could we, you know, could we get this in a school? And I was like, no, 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 we, we no, definitely shouldn't do that. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe in a different education class rather than English. But, yeah, but, probably. Uh, you know, and I, I was not uncover- uncomfortable with your level of steam, but, you know, some people are and some people can mistakenly think a horse book is for kids, you know? So I don't yeah, think that yeah. your covers allude to that. I don't think your titles allude to that. And I think that you did the right thing up front by being straightforward about what yeah. this kind of, what your books are. Last that thing you that was very important to me to say, just so you know, mm-hmm. this is steamy. There is bad language. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, you know, if it's okay with you, then I think you're going to like it. But if it's not, definitely don't read it. <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's smart because you don't want to surprise your readers and lead them into thinking it's something that it's not. And you're kind of, you're yeah. protecting yourself as well because the last thing you want is someone picking it up, not aware uh, that it is a, an equestrian romance, which I don't know how they could not be aware, you know, but some people do do that. And then, you know, go and, and leave negative reviews or say something exactly, about it yeah yeah so you I've, I've seen a lot of those that where they've kind of picked up a book and said I didn't realize this was you know so explicit mm-hmm. and I, I was very adamant that I didn't want that to happen yeah super smart decision and you know and even talk about steam in your bio like you you know you let people know that that's what you fancy yeah. and that's what you write about yeah. and you know it's just everybody's a little different so you're doing the right thing and protecting yourself up front which I thought was a really smart move very responsible thank you yeah, and then in your, you know, in your stories, I mean, obviously you already talked about the fact that you are a horse lover, like out of the womb, and you know they're a big part of your life, and you have moments, you know, in the barn where you make life decisions. So obviously, being an equestrian is is a personal connection for you to these books. But do do you have you know like a, a message or a personal connection that you want readers to connect with when they've finished reading your stories? Um, I would say. One of the biggest things for me, I want the lead female to be a really strong woman. I like strong women, strong-minded women. I don't know if it's the same in the US. Growing up here in the UK, being at what we would deem a DIY yard where you're, you board your horse, but you do everything. Also, you just pay the rent for the stable. Mm. There can be a lot of bullying going on. I want, I'm very much adamant that I want a strong-minded woman in all of my stories that doesn't accept that. And, and I want the message out there that it doesn't matter what other people think, you do you, and that's it, really. That that's, is, that's, very, that's really important to me. That is awesome. And I definitely got that vibe reading, reading your first book, for sure. And uh, I totally agree with that. You know, it's like, do you, let me be, my, be me and get yeah, out of exactly. the, the drama. We don't, we don't need drama. So that's, that's powerful. Thank you. Um, and here's for strong women. <laughs> I, I root for them all the time. Your uh, your book covers. Talk to us about your dip in the toe, you dipping your toe in the waters of book covers. You know, like because like we said, you have already 
thought of your covers for where you're taking the series so like how did you get going with book covers what did you figure out my my book covers are what inspire me the most so Mm. I like to have my book cover there it's literally right next to me when I'm writing so so it kind of gives me the feel and everything about the story I designed a previous one on Canva Mm -hmm. I I stupidly thought I could do it that's fine I can do it I'll (laughs) jump on there and I came up with a, a vague idea but it just didn't have that that wow factor it didn't pop and so I spoke to uh, a designer who'd previously done a few covers for me I said to her could you just just give this your magic just make this professional just make it look better and she came back with the one that is out and it just wowed me Mm. I wanted it to be kind of obvious to the story and as well I think it gives a hint to the steam level of it because it's literally the the farrier's the farrier's smoke Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought that looks looks sexy. It looks good. I just, I just loved it. Absolutely loved it. <laughs> That's great. And then did you work with the same designer moving forward in your series too? I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did. She's so good because I, I just, I just send ideas her way. Mm-hmm. Thinking of this, I want this and I want, I kind of want it to look like this for um, my like kind of ranch romance story. I told her I want a horse like this and I want the horse to be, a powerful point in there and I've got another series coming out called the Red Mare series um I'm going to focus that on my own Red Mare Hattie who appears in uh Soaked Hay and Stable Mirrors and I I know that I'm just going to be able to say this is kind of how I want it to look I want it to pop I want this I want this to be the focus and she just magics it up she's great Oh, that's fantastic. And you're speaking to having a good working relationship with your designer because you, you sometimes you have to interview a few to find one that is able to decipher what you're saying into the visual visual image yeah. that, that you want. So yeah. it sounds like you have a really great partnership with her and, and you speak the same language. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I've got all these ideas in my head, but actually getting them down for someone else to decipher and then create is mm-hmm. a whole other story, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So it's a partnerships are important and you got to stick it out until you find that right person that definitely that you can communicate with that, that understands your vision. And it sounds like your covers are great. So you found, you found your person and, and when you find those people, hang on to them. On. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a busy life. You have, you know, a lot of fur babies, you have children, you have a, you know, a job where you're, you're marketing for the equestrian apparel company. Do you have a writing routine? How do you find time to get the words on the page? Because you're up to big things. You've got a big series coming, you know. So how do you how do you make sure that that the writing happens? It's literally making it work however best I can. Mm. There's a lot of early mornings. There are a lot of late nights as well. Mm. My children, uh, thankfully, my husband has just put my children to bed. You've probably heard them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know I'll probably be writing tonight for the next maybe two or three hours. And then I'll try and get up super early in the morning, maybe about five or six. Again, just trying to get words on the page. Mm-hmm. It's about fitting it in where I can at the moment. I think it will be different when both my children are at full-time school. Mm-hmm. And then you have that gap in the day. Uh, but until then, it's just, yeah, making it work as best as best as you can. So do you try and touch your story every day? I I find that the momentum stays with me if I if I work on it every single day. And then throughout the day, little ideas will pop up to me or I'll shoot straight up in bed in the middle of the night and have to scribble things down. Does, does that sort of thing happen for you when you're working on it consistently? I am more of a person who kind of 
I dive right in and I'll write solidly for days and days and days. If I, I, th- I find if I dip in every so often, I, I lose the momentum. Mm-hmm. But I think everyone's different, aren't they? They are. Yeah. And, and your style comes to you as you go. You just got to plug away and get that first book under your belt. And then I, I yes. feel like it gets a little easy. It's never easy, but it, it, you're like, I've done it once. I can do it again. And as you're writing, you figure out how to get the words on the page and how to make it work. And yeah, massively. Once the first book out, but the first book is out, that mental battle mm-hmm. I find is done because then I know I can do it. Mm-hmm. So the second book was much easier, much, mm-hmm. much easier. And then, so how long did it take you to write your first novella? And then how long did it take you to get the, the second one complete? The first one was honestly about less than two weeks. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. And the second one was possibly maybe a little bit shorter, possibly. But when, like I say, when I write, I, I write, I go at it and I can do five to 7,000 words in a day. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay, so you are like full in you know I'm in it nothing there is no one talking to me I escape mm. I, I escape to our bedroom upstairs because I don't have an office yet because we're in the middle of an extension and home renovations <laughs> so I literally escape to my bedroom and I write and write and write and write and write and that's it oh that's awesome okay so you just write and then you come up for for air 7,000 words later now that's impressive yeah. I want to tap a little bit. I, I am super lucky though because during that whole time that I'm writing, I have a very lovely husband who comes mm. up with cups of tea, snacks, mm. everything, Aww. and keeps keeps the the kiddos entertained, which is also very yeah, important. He's fantastic, fantastic. Again, again, speaking to how important it is to have the you know we were talking about partnerships with cover design, but it's the same thing in in you know marriage too. Having a supportive yeah. spouse that helps you get your passion, your time for your passions, and in your endeavors in, in life is so important so I'm so glad the you fact have that, that he understands the importance of me doing it even mm-hmm. though at the moment you know it's it's not a, a full-time career for me mm-hmm. and just the fact that he's so supportive still is 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 well it's immeasurable and you're building your backlist so you know him being supportive yeah. now you know who knows what can happen you know the more books you write the more income comes in even the more you develop your yourself as an author that people recognize you know, you're in the very early days. So, you know, down the line, he's going to be like, plan. Yeah. wow, I'm glad I supported her all those years <laughs> back. You know, so you got to remind him it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> However many years it takes, but I believe we're all, we all can get there, you know, where we can support our, ourselves and our families on our writing. We just have to keep getting more books out there because the more books you write, the more you you're building your empire. So, so good, good on you. It's coming. It's down the line. Just keep working. <laughs> So for you, which route did you go since you're, you're in the, the beginning days of, of your you know, author dream? Did you, did you prefer traditional publishing or independent publishing? It was a pretty easy decision for me mm-hmm. to go the self-publishing route. The sheer fact that I would be in control mm-hmm. was predominantly the thing that, that drew me to it. Mm-hmm. And then I think you do get better kind of compensation through self-publishing, mm-hmm. setting your own prices deciding when you're doing it and I hear as well with traditional publishing that you still do some marketing yourself so it just kind of it just seemed like the better decision to go self-publishing anyway and you're right you are still responsible for marketing when you go traditional route and you can't release as quickly yeah it takes a long time to pull those things together and both routes are fine but how lucky are we that we have the option 
to take the reins and independently publish yeah. our books and own our intellectual property and make the decisions about the covers all for ourselves. It's pretty spectacular. I absolutely love being in control of where my career is going. Mm-hmm. You know, I think going from being in the public sector where I was an employee and I answered too many people to now being totally in control. You know, if something goes wrong, it's my fault. There's no one else. It's mm-hmm. totally my fault. But when something goes right, I can think, wow, I did that. That was because of me. I did yeah. that. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you about making the decision that works best for you and your lifestyle. Uh, you know, because independent publishing isn't for everyone because it is a lot of work and you have to be uber focused yeah. and you have to do things right. And, you know, with that freedom and control, there's yeah, a ton of responsibility. Yeah, I think what helped me is that I've been doing um, content writing and mm-hmm. social media marketing for other companies for the, like, the last seven years, maybe longer now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I was doing that kind of alongside being a firefighter on my days off. Mm-hmm. So I had that experience of doing the social media, of creating a website, of creating the content for the website. So I knew not only how to do it, but I knew how I wanted it to be done. Mm-hmm. So it just seemed it just seemed a better idea for me to do it myself anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense. And isn't it interesting how our corporate careers can sometimes be the prep work that we need yeah. in order to be able to live our dreams? Because same for me, it was an easier decision for me because I understand marketing. I understand communications. I understand PR. I understand web. And so I understand all that yeah. stuff just like you do. So it makes sense for us to own that and not send it off to somebody else. Um, yeah. And so we can be thankful to our corporate lives for that uh, education, <laughs> but now we can do it for ourselves. Uh, so in what ways are you reaching your readers to get the word out that, you know, you have these novellas available and it's leading into a bigger series? I, I, I know you use BookFunnel. Talk to us a little bit about some of the creative stuff you've done to get the word out. With BookFunnel, as you mentioned, I've been offering people a free copy of Soaked Hay and Farrier Smoke if they sign up to my mailing list. The, the importance of having a mailing list, it, it can't be, it can't be emphasized. It's so important because it's yours. You know, Instagram is great. Facebook is great. All of these platforms are amazing, but they're not yours. They could ultimately end tomorrow. He said, but your mailing list, that information is yours. Mm-hmm. So that really resonated with me. Um, and I've focused really hard on starting to build that up um, like with my website as well. But in terms of reaching readers, I would say social media has been huge because I, I chit chat on there all day, every day. Mm-hmm. So my Instagram already had uh, a fair few followers on there. My Facebook is slowly starting to build as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do a lot of Facebook adverts as well. I do Instagram ads and I'm just starting to go on Twitter now. Mm-hmm. I never really hung about on Twitter but I'm getting there I'm getting there I'm, I'm understanding the kind of the stark difference between what you would put on Twitter versus what you would put on Instagram aside from that as well Amazon ads I'm just kind of diving into that as well and then so so with your dive into online advertising uh are you doing just a little budget to get your name out there and that you know like in order for people to sign up your mailing list to get the the free novella so you can build that mailing list is that how you're using ads? yes definitely definitely and then with amazon it's it's um it's a real it's just a game of seeing what works what doesn't work i have mm-hmm. i think about seven or eight adverts going at the moment mm-hmm. and i'm just carefully watching i watch over the course of say two or three days i think that one's not working we'll cut that one or that one is working we'll perhaps up the budget on that one a little bit mm-hmm. that's it's smart. All- 
all swings around about, isn't it? Also, kind of like a learning curve. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, big big learning curve. <laughs> yeah. So if you could share three lessons learned that you've discovered in your advertising experiences around getting the word out about about this book and building your email list, what what would they be? They would be absolutely keywords, keywords, keywords with your Amazon ads. That was one of the biggest things for me. So that was really important for me, uh, researching your specific genre and your kind of the best related words to you. The next one would possibly be in terms of advertising on Facebook, I would focus on campaigns rather than boosting a post. Mm. That seems to be getting a much better grip on things for me. And last but not least, I don't, engagement is huge. Mm. Engagement, I cannot, yeah, you can't, I don't think you can emphasize that one enough either. either. Just really getting that uh, community going on your account is so important. It's so mm-hmm. important. So respond to people yeah. who are interacting with your social channels, like, or your ads. If they comment on your ad, respond to your readers. And that's how you build a tribe of supporters around your books. And we wouldn't be where we are hugely yeah. readers. So we need to make sure to engage with them when they're engaging with us. Great advice. I think you find you. I found so many friends on social media as well, mm-hmm. and they become invaluable in my journey because they they shout about it for me, which mm-hmm. is is so heartwarming. In social, uh, in social proof, right? That's not you yeah, yeah. from a mountain by my book. It's awesome. It's, you know, your friends that's, that like your book, that support your book are sharing about your book. So word of mouth stems from that interaction too, right? Hugely, yeah, massively. Is there a common myth about the life of being an author that you would just love to debunk? Oh, God, yeah. That people think I sit at home and just tip tap away on my laptop, not really doing anything. <laughs> I don't, but I don't think people realise how tiring it is mm-hmm. and how much work is involved as well. Mm-hmm. People think, oh, you just, you'll type out a little story and then you'll pop it up on Amazon and it will just sell, sell, sell and that's it. And you live the life of Riley. And it's nothing like that at all. <laughs> it's nothing like that. It is. It's, it's, it's it is hard work because when you're not writing, which feels like it takes forever anyway, when you're not writing anyway, you're doing marketing. Mm-hmm. And you're doing as you're trying to engage as much as possible on your social media accounts, and then you're trying to update your website. It's there's so much, or you're researching. <laughs> you know, there are so many different angles that I think people don't realize goes on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I yeah I hear you, and I think it was it was really good to hear you say that because that is the truth. You know, it's like writing yeah. itself is exhausting, but then you know, one book requires this web and world of other things that you have to do to give it life. So people even know that there's working with designers, like you said, there's interacting with readers, there's trying to figure out ads, which are not easy with a major learning. So hard, so hard. And then there's the actual writing of the book and the bigger you're able to build your backlist. That's where it really, that's where it really starts to happen the more books you have out. But when you're doing yeah. those other things, it takes time away from writing. So it's it's hard to even it's exhausting to think about where to focus. When you when you think about it, I just think like the actual the writing of the book itself is quite minuscule in comparison to everything else. And <laughs> then people right. think people think as well, oh, because you're self-publishing, it's free. It's not, it's not, I'm in this for a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've spent a lot to get here. Mm-hmm. Well to you know to have the quality 
which they do, independent publishing, the quality matches that of a traditional publisher, but we're responsible for the editing, the cover yeah. design, and that costs money and ads cost money. And if you're not careful, they can cost a lot of money if you're, you're Easy, not doing yeah. it right. I know I've got a bill coming this Friday for the rest of my editing, which I'm really excited about. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an important investment to make. And the, usually, the usually. idea is, is you eventually will be able to recoup that on the back end yeah. that you make. It's that kind of, it's just investing in yourself, I think, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. And I, I love how real you are. This is, this is, it's, it's true. I mean, this is the stuff. <laughs> This is the reason why I started the show. So, so aspiring authors can know it's amazing, but it is, you know, you got to take it step by step by step or else you're flooded yeah. by overwhelm, you know, just do yeah. one thing at a time, keep your to-do lists, you know, but make sure you write the book first before you even think about any of this other stuff. You need a yeah. book before you have to think about this. So get your writing done, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and what do you wish you had known when you started out on your author adventure? Yeah, I put it off. For, I put it off for so long. Mm-hmm. I put it off for so long because I thought, oh, I, can't, I can't do it. I don't, I don't think I can do it or I'm not very good. Mm-hmm. And the fear when you release that first book, Ooh. the fear that people are going to read it. You have that imposter syndrome sinks, it sinks in, doesn't it? It takes over, takes hold of you. And you think, God, people are going to look at it and think, why is she writing? Why is she doing this? And I think we all all have been there yeah. the imposter syndrome the who am I yeah. to write a book the but the thing is it's like it's a calling you know something inside of us that calls us to write just like calls us to our horses you know it's, yeah. there's something there and to not not acknowledge that calling is actually a disservice to yourself and your soul you know so and you got to yeah. develop a, a thick skin right you know because that comes with usually the- yeah <laughs> but, it probably would have it probably would have been good if I'd have just told myself many years ago like just don't worry what people say don't worry about it just do it anyway it's fine mm-hmm. and that's the best that right there is is the golden nugget you know don't worry about what's going on with other people the only thing you can control is yourself the products you release yeah. and the life you choose to live you know and hopefully you're living that with kindness and gratitude and don't worry about what's going on anywhere else. Live your dream. Live your best it's li- life. It's literally what I was speaking about earlier. You know, just you do you. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, you, you get a gold star in your forehead. I, I, I love, I love, I love what you took that. That's, <laughs> that's so awesome. Uh, I feel like if we live closer together, we could be like instant friends. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> uh, and I always like to ask these questions during the interview too, because the perspective is so interesting, and every author has a different answer. For you, what has been the hardest part of of being a writer? And on the other side of it, what has been the very best part of being an author for you? I think the hardest part definitely was releasing that first book. It felt very personal. Mm. Um, It felt very, I felt felt very vulnerable putting it out there. That was probably the hardest part. I'd, I'd spent so long, not necessarily in time wise, but, you know, I planned for so long this book. And then I poured my heart and soul into it. And then putting it out was petrifying to the point where I even questioned whether or not I won't do it. I won't do it. I, I put it off for probably a few weeks. I, I'll, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it. To, oh, I don't have something. I need to do something before I put it out. Any excuse to not do it. That was really hard putting it out. And then possibly the best thing about it was having one person who I didn't know at all message me and say I absolutely loved it oh that's so wonderful that was amazing that was absolutely amazing just that that one person 
Mm-hmm. That one person. Yeah. yeah. And that is the coolest part about being an author is just getting that a stranger, like really got yeah. was moved by what, what you had written, what you had created that didn't exist before. That is so special. And that must have really said, okay, I can keep for you must've been like, I can keep going now because yes, because somebody said that to me. Absolutely. Yeah. When you were having that struggle with, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to release the book, you know, that getting vulnerable with it. Like how did you you eventually overcome that and just do it? Like what, what did you, how did you get over that? My husband just said, just do it. Just (laughs) do it. You've spent so long you know, planning it, you've spent so long designing the cover, you've spent so long doing this, doing that, just do it now. He said, you know what you're doing? He said, well, I think he literally said, we've got about an hour to upload. He said, just, we'll sit here and do it together. I was like, okay. Oh, he's fantastic. He is fantastic. But I uploaded it and then I was so petrified about it being out there that I had to go out for a walk. (laughs) (laughs) And are you glad you did it now? I'm so happy. So yeah. happy. Yeah. yeah. So what you're talking to happens to all of us like that yeah. awful feeling in your stomach when you're about to hit publish and yeah. like, you know, what did I mess up? Are people going to like this? And, and it's there, it's just there and, and you overcame it and you had someone to support you. Sometimes that's what we need to is just a swift kick in the pants from a mom, a dad, yeah. a best friend, a spouse, you know, maybe even our horse needs to turn around and just, just kick us in the, in the cheeks yep. <laughs> going. But you know, if you're feeling stuck like that, get in touch with someone who has your back and usually they can, they can help you get unstuck. <laughs> Definitely. A little bit of tough love with the whole, what are you waiting for? Get on with it mm-hmm. was exactly what I needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we're our, we, the authors are our own harshest critic. You know, we are more Definitely, critical of ourselves yeah than anybody else could possibly be. Good on you for for moving forward. (laughs) Good on you. And so, Jennifer, what are you curious about? Like, where are your adventures heading? Because you've got a lot coming up and we already talked about a lot what's going on. But yeah, what what are you curious about? What's what's next? What are you thinking? So my next adventure will take me to the States because it is my favorite place in the world. We're going to be doing the Romancing on the Ranch series. And then... It will be the Red Mare series, but I also have another series <laughs> called the Silver Fox series. Uh, that's going to be kind of, you, I would say, everyday contemporary romance. Uh, that will be under a different name. I have a lot in the pipeline. I have a lot. That's, I have a lot to keep me busy. <laughs> that's so good. I mean, your well is not going to be dry for a very, mm. very long time. No. Jennifer, I have so enjoyed having you on the show today and I wish Thank you, you. Yeah, I wish you tons of success and you've got a lot coming. I can't wait to follow your adventures. I've read your novella. I have I can't wait to get my hands on the next one and see what happens. And I love that you're writing equestrian romance. You know, there aren't there aren't as many I think equestrian books for adults out there as there are for no. you know, tweens. So it, or, or or little ones. So I and it, and those are great. But I love that more, more and more authors are entering the world, the adult realm, yeah. uh, because they're for us. enough of us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, little girls that love horses grow up to be women who love horses and yeah. we need things to read too. So thank you for being a contribution to that growing 
a growing bunch of books uh, for adults that love horses. You led the way. You led the way. <laughs> There's a bunch of us, and you know, now you are part of our our community too. So let's make sure we stay in touch. And I can't wait to follow your journey. Let Let's get you back on the show when your next, you know, when your next Thank project. You. Yeah, come. that would be brilliant. I've yeah. had such a good time. Oh, it was so fun. So in the meantime, will you let listeners know where they can find out more about you and find your books? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is www.thefairweatherrider.com. And then I am exactly the same on Instagram and Facebook. I am the Fairweather Rider. Uh, but predominantly my books are on Amazon. So uh, Kindle and paperback. But I'm going to be putting them on Apple Books and Google Play very soon as well. Very cool. Well, good luck. I'm excited. Thank you. I enjoyed your books. and uh, Thank you for having me. Oh, yes. We'll do it again. Thanks for joining us this week on the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. I hope you enjoy these Q&A sessions with wonderful equine authors who love all things horses and writing, just like me. Visit my website, carlycadecreative.com, where you can read the show notes. And make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support. Want a free guide to secrets of horse book authors? Gallop over to carlycadecreative.com forward slash wisdom to have author advice delivered instantly to your inbox. If you are an author, who writes about horses and would like to be spotlighted, please let me know. Visit my contact page at carlycadecreative.com to fill out a request. I'd be happy to have you on the show too. Thank you for tuning in to the Equestrian Author Spotlight Podcast. See you next time. I'm your host, Carly Cade. Creative writing makes my spurs jingle. <laughs>